Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Muslim teenagers face many challenges. A myth is peddled that following Islam makes life difficult, and they'll be happier if they were less religious. Let's face it, sometimes being a practicing Muslim can seem like mission impossible. Sin is exciting and Islam is so boring. But rather than reject religion, I want to offer a new point of view. In my book, Smart Teenage Muslimer, I invite girls to look at the ideas and behaviours that wider society expects them to embrace and decide whether they are good for their mental health and well-being. Concepts such as self-obsession, rampant consumerism and feminism. Also, what tools exist in the Quran and Sunnah to help you dream big and be a confident Muslimah? In this thought-provoking guide, you will discover guidance from our sacred texts to achieve peace of mind, understand the purpose of your life, learn what Islam has to say about puberty and sex, and get the facts about LGBTQIA+, and gender identity. So, if you're a smart teenage Muslimer whose goal is to succeed in this life and attain Jannah in the next, this book is for you. Inshallah, to find out more, visit www.smartmuslimer.com. The book is now available to buy on Amazon and Google Play Books. Why do you need to understand liberalism? Liberalism is the most influential ideology in the world today. It's been adopted by American and European governments. Liberal ideas have become the epitome of good and any alternative ideas are seen as backward. Islam does have an alternative set of ideas about what is good for the individual and society. What we can see nowadays is that liberals are aggressively promoting liberal ideas to Muslims in the West and in the East. And they're surprised when, and quite hostile to us when we don't adopt it as a way of life. Our religious texts such as the Quran and Hadith are criticized and we are being told nowadays to reinterpret it so that it adapts to the modern world. 
similar to the reformation that happened to Christianity, that's what is being asked of Islam today. Long Beach State University scholar Yusuf Baker said Muslims are the quintessentially illiberal subjects. He's speaking in a US context and he's saying that US citizens who are Muslim, they have not adopted liberal values wholeheartedly and for him that's a problem. Another example of an aggressive liberal is Bill Maher. He's a US comedian who has his own talk show and he regularly criticises Islam for not being um, progressive and holding really backward ideas. Let's um, look at a few clips from his show. But it speaks volumes about why liberal Western culture is not just different, it's better. To count yourself as a liberal, you have to stand up for liberal principles, free speech, separation of church and state. Freedom to practice any religion or no religion without the threat of violence. Respect Respect for minorities, including homosexuals, equality for women. Still about this it's, it's gross. It's racist. It's, it's not. Disgusting. It's but it's so it's not. It's so. It's like saying it's those so not your shifty Jew. You're not listening Absolutely to not. what well, we are saying. You guys are saying but, if you want to be liberals, believe in liberal principles right. like freedom of speech, like right. um, you know we are endowed by our uh, forefathers with an inalienable right. All men are created. No, Ben. We have to be able to criticize bad ideas. And of course we Islam, do. No liberal doesn't okay, want to okay. criticize bad ideas. But Islam but at why this moment is the mother load of bad ideas. Jesus. So we have we have that's just a like, fact. Like it's not a fact. It's the that's only it. religion that acts like the mafia that fucking kill you that, if you say the wrong true. thing, I mean, draw the wrong picture, or write the wrong book. So, you do so that was Bill Maher. In a interview, um, he defended what he said, and he uh, continued by saying, "I think Sam Harris, the man who was sitting next to him, and Ayan Hirsi Ali, who is an ex-Muslim who lives in." US and Salman Rushdie who wrote the book Satanic Verses which um, ridiculed the prophet peace be upon him so he's saying these are the people that he thinks are good and he's saying that um, they're basically making the same point I think we all feel frustrated because I think we feel like the people who are arguing with us are not listening we are not bigoted people Although he did, I think everyone would agree, he sounded like a bigot. On the contrary, we are trying to stand up for the principles of liberalism. And so, you know, I think we're just saying we need to identify illiberalism. So he's identifying it in the Muslims, wherever we find it in the world, and not forgive it. Now, that's what I find interesting. What does he mean by not forgive it? So does that mean they should go to our countries and force people to take on board these ideas if they don't should the, is it okay to invade countries like Iraq and try to make them liberal so that was just one example to illustrate what I meant by the aggressive liberals that exist today so how should we address these criticisms firstly what we can see is that Muslims have responded to these ideas in one of two ways either they embrace it so Salman Rushdie, um, Ayana Harsi, they have embraced it. Or we have others who refashion Islam 
as a result of it. So they want to reform and change Islam to to con, um, to fit into the liberal paradigm. So you have organizations such as the Progressive Muslim Alliance in America. There are many more that they will do things like um, say it's okay for women to be imams, to lead mixed prayers. They um, propagate feminist ideas and say that that's acceptable within Islam. I'm going to explain why I think they are those two approaches are incorrect. What I believe is our duty is not to be defined by liberalism, and, and many Muslims think this, and it's thoughts, but rather we are defined by the deen revealed by Allah. Secondly, it's important to effectively build a counter-argument and a counter-narrative based on Islam and its teachings. But before that can be done, we have to take the time and effort, and this is one reason why, and also why we have been doing the Thinking Muslim course, is to do exactly that. First, understand exactly what liberalism is. And finally, we can see that after 9-11, policymakers have dispensed with the old policies of multiculturalism, where everyone's culture was accepted and seen as a, everyone has um, a right to have different views, cultures, ideas, values, and they can practice them. That has now been scrapped. And there's a, a muscular liberalism that was the term coined by the Prime Minister of UK, ex Prime Minister of UK, David Cameron. And what they, him and others are now saying is Muslims have to concede to liberalism in return for acceptance. You may have seen this book or heard of this book. It's called The End of History and the Last Man by Francis Fukuyama. And he wrote this after the Cold War ended. So when communism was defeated in the, U in the USSR and capitalism was seen as being the dominant ideology that was being adopted by, you know, all over the world. So what Fukuyama said was, what we, we may be witnessing is not just the end of the Cold War or the passing of a particular period of post-war history, but the end of history as such, that is, the endpoint of mankind's ideological evolution and universalization of Western liberal democracy as the final form of human government. So there is no better idea that humans can think of. There is no alternative to Western liberalism. And so he wrote this book. But many people have disagreed with him since he's written that. So let's now understand from its core beliefs what is liberalism, who are the founding fathers, what are the ideas that they were proselytizing, and did they actually live by the ideas that they came up with. So we now have, you can see this is a picture of Martin Luther. The roots of liberalism lie in the Reformation, a 15th and 16th century European religious movement led by Martin Luther. He argued that individuals seeking to communicate with God did not need to rely on popes and priests who had corrupted Catholicism. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Luther argued that Christianity could assume a more individualistic character with believers undertaking their own private prayers and undertaking God's work in their own way. He was the founder of the Protest of Protestant Christianity. I'm going to show you a clip which runs through the brief history of the Reformation and its impact in the Europe. The Protestant Reformation of the 16th century shook the very foundation of Europe's cultural identity. The Reformation was a revolution of religion in Western Europe. Essentially, it was the result of centuries worth of political and social grievances against the Christian church as it existed. Christianity, which began as a fledgling religion in the first century, had grown by the 13th century into an institution powerful enough to rival state governments. For instance, the Pope, then the leader of the Christian church, had greater political and military influence than some emperors and kings. This tension was exacerbated by the transformative social and intellectual period known as the Renaissance. In particular, this period involved the rise of humanism, a philosophy that shifted man's fate from being determined by religious doctrine to being determined by man himself. Additionally, some within the church believed it had become increasingly corrupt. Priests like John Wycliffe of England and Jan Hus of Bohemia challenged the church's teachings, which they believed had strayed away from the Bible. However, one of the most well-known advocates for a reformed Christian church was a German priest named Martin Luther. Martin Luther began to question the church in the early 1500s. He believed it was abusing its power and disagreed with some of its practices. For instance, he challenged the church's doctrine that stated the Pope, not the Bible, was the ultimate spiritual authority. Plus, he criticized the church for selling indulgences, the practice of purchasing forgiveness for one's sins by giving money to the church. Luther believed the church needed to revise its doctrine by returning to the Bible's teachings and by saying that salvation could be granted by faith in Christ alone. So on October 31, 1517, Luther took a stand. In what's considered the birth of the Protestant Reformation, Luther is said to have nailed 95 theses, or arguments against the church, onto the door of Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. Luther was later put on trial in front of church officials to defend his theses, but in January 1521, the church declared Luther a heretic and excommunicated him. While Luther's membership with the church ended, the reformation he argued for started to gain momentum. Unlike Luther's predecessors who challenged the church, Luther had one tool at his disposal that they didn't have. The printing press. 
This new invention allowed his arguments to be copied and spread across Europe. This unprecedented access to ideas such as Luther's inspired many others to challenge the church, thereby splitting Christianity into two major denominations, Catholic and Protestant, from the word protest. Also, the Bible became more accessible. Luther and other reformists translated biblical text from Latin, which was only known by nobility and church officials, to German, English, and French, languages spoken by the general public. While the Protestant Reformation revolutionized the Christian faith, it had ramifications that extended beyond religion. Prior to the Reformation, many Europeans were dependent on an educated upper class. But perhaps the most resounding impact of the Reformation was that the common people were empowered to question religion and other aspects of life. The Reformation, along with technological innovations and the introduction of other new ideas, gave many in Europe's general public the freedom and power to decide their own fates. That video was taken from the History Channel. So we can see that after the Renaissance and Reformation, what happened next was the um, Enlightenment. Now that extended these religious ideas into the political and secular spheres. The Enlightenment was an intellectual movement that emerged in the 16th century. It was a belief in reason rather than faith, promoted debate, inquiry and questioned religious beliefs. This then led to the idea of secularism, which is to keep religion to the periphery of your life. You know, for example, a secular government is independent of religion. If you are then a secular person, religion doesn't inform your daily decisions as far as your um, personal uh, religious beliefs that's okay and um, festivals marriage births and deaths that is perfectly fine but as far as politics economics religion should not have a say in those matters some of the radical ideas of the enlightenment and they were radical because they had never been thought of or questioned or um, acted upon previously were that each individual has free will Individuals are now the best judge of their own interests. An individual's life should be shaped by their actions and decisions. And monarchs do not have to be instinctively obeyed by subjects. Let's now turn our attention to John Locke. He was the father of liberalism, a 17th century English philosopher and a Protestant. He was one of the first to explain the basic ideas of liberalism. He also wrote papers on tolerance where he called about the for the neutral state. I'll speak about that in another session. Now, his works and ideas inspired Enlightenment thinkers like Rousseau, but also the French and American revolutions. He said man had natural rights to defend his life, health, liberty and possessions. According to Locke, the state was not part of God's creation. Monarchs did not have the divine right to be governed, to govern, sorry, and human beings are rational and should create by themselves a political system based on reason. 
he rejected the idea of original sin, that's a Christian idea, and human nature has the ability to bring about progress. Individuals are guided by reason and rationalism and are able to calculate answers to life's problems. And again, his the natural rights were life rights, sorry, were life, everyone is entitled to live, liberty, everyone is entitled to anything they want to so long as it doesn't conflict with the first right and estate meaning property everyone is entitled to own all they create or gain through gift or trade so long as it doesn't conflict with the first two rights you can read his books um, if you want to get details but that's a brief summary of the ideas that he came up with and they were adopted by the people involved in the french revolution and the american revolution so as you would, may have noticed, the individual kept coming up in, in the discussions that he had. And so this idea of individualism first came about here during this period. And it's a vital principle of liberal thinking. It means an individual's needs should be at the heart of political thought, economic life and social organisation. Society should prioritise the improvement of diverse individual lives. So having read all of that, it's then quite surprising to find out that John Locke was a slave owner. Given his reputation as a defender of property rights and personal freedom, Locke has been accused of hypocrisy for his role in promoting and benefiting from slavery and the expropriation of indigenous populations. So it, it seems that for if you were a um, European Protestant, then Locke felt you you deserve to have those rights. But for example, indigenous people, um, atheists were seen as, no, you don't deserve to have these rights either. So it doesn't, um, here we can see one of the contradictions of liberalism. Another example is Thomas Jefferson. Whilst writing the line, all men are born equal in the Declaration of Independence of America, he was being waited on by his black slave. Records show he kept as many as 130 slaves on his Monticello plantation, and in his lifetime he owned 600 slaves. Jefferson's Declaration of Independence did not extend life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness to African Americans, Native Americans, indentured servants or women. So again, here is an example of a contradiction with what they say they believe, but when it comes to practice, they did something completely opposite. This is why a prevalent reaction has been to assert that the champions of those revolutionary ideals were hypocrites, including 12 of the first 18 American presidents who were slave owners. And again, I would um, recommend that you research this for yourself. It's all recorded. So, in conclusion then, you can say that liberalism describes the European or Western ideology and has perspectives on the following areas. Human nature, society, the state and government, the economy and international relations. And I will be covering these four topics in future videos. What we can also now say is Islam also has a clear perspective on all these topics as well. Islam provides a counter-narrative to liberalism. 
that is um and that's what we will be looking at muslims do not need to follow liberal ideas you know automatically we shouldn't feel we have to do that we believe allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us clarity of thinking that helps us achieve success in this life but also prepares us for the real life in jannah which is eternal as i mentioned in future sessions i will discuss these top the other topics just to let you know if you'd like to listen to the podcast i have it's available on apple podcasts and, and other apps and um, also the thinking muslim guide to liberalism course we will be doing future courses soon and um, so if you'd like to stay informed of that please send me an email info at farhatamin.com if you found this video useful please give it a thumbs up and you can subscribe to my channel and turn on your notifications so you can stay updated when the next video comes out. This episode is brought to you by farhatamin.com, a website that specializes in Islamic stickers, Muslim activity books, as well as Ramadan and e-decorations. Wholesale and reseller inquiries are also welcome. So visit farhatamin.com today. Are you looking for a God-conscious husband? Or do you have a friend that is looking for a compatible spouse? Getting married is one of the most important decisions of your life. So before you embark on your marriage journey, you need answers so you have clarity and confidence to find a compatible husband. Smart Single Muslimer is a thought-provoking Muslim marriage guide for Muslim women. In the book, you'll discover how to find a husband, how to find out if you are compatible, what questions to ask a potential spouse, and how to deal with disappointment. Adopting a smart Islamic approach to relationships is about following some simple prophetic principles that will change your habits and attitudes about getting married. If you want honest pre-marriage advice that addresses contemporary issues you're facing, then you will find this book extremely useful. Available to buy on Amazon in Kindle or paperback format. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.